0: Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Second Chronicles uh, chapter 36. Uh, verses 15 through 21 gives us a summary of the times, uh, of Judah, the last days, uh, and also, uh, where are you at man? Second Chronicles chapter 36 verse 15, that's the last chapter. And the Lord God of their fathers sent to them by his messengers Rising up betimes and sending, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. Now this shows you the how God had cared for Judah and his compassion and his love for them, and uh, especially his notice his people and his dwelling place. But verse sixteen gives you the reaction of the children of Judah. But they mocked the messengers of God, despised his words misused his prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, till there was no remedy. Therefore, he brought upon them the king of the Chaldeans. Now, this is God's judgment, you see. Now, this is how the kingdom of Judah is judged. Because I want to uh, emphasize the dominion of the, uh, of the world uh, as it's given of God uh, tonight as we study the second chapter. Uh, but now this shows you that it is uh, how Israel's dominion, Israel's reign of having dominion over the earth, how it came to an end and why. Therefore he brought upon them the king of the Chaldeans who slew their young men with a sword in the house of their sanctuary "...and had no compassion upon the young man, or maiden, old man, or him that stooped for age. He gave them all into his hand." You see how far-reaching Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar's power over Judah, over the young, over the aged, And, I mean, it was complete. "...and all the vessels of the house of God, great and small... And the treasures of the house of the Lord, and the treasures of the king and of his princes, all these he brought to Babylon. And they burnt this is Nebuchadnezzar, they burnt the house of God, broke down the wall of Jerusalem, and burnt all the palaces thereof with fire, and destroyed all the goodly vessels thereof. And them that had escaped from the sword carried he away to Babylon where they were servants to him and his sons until the reign of the kingdom of Persia. Now, you see, the Babylonian Empire only lasted 70 years, uh, or, say, 73 years at the most. Uh, that was the uh, uh, that was length of the Babylonian Empire. Why? Because they had the children of, Israel, uh, children of Judah down there. They had the southern kingdom. And God was punished Now the next verse tells you why the 70 years. To fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah until the land had enjoyed her Sabbaths. 490 years previous to this, Israel had desecrated, failed to keep the uh, Jubilee Sabbath, the seventh year Sabbath for 490 years. So they're going to that land. God's going to see to it that his word uh, was honored. He told them to let the land rest. They uh, they just taxed the land. Kept working it. Didn't obey God. Now then they are to remain in uh, uh, Babylon for 70 years. For 7 into 490 is 70. 7 times 70 is 490 years. That makes for every year, see, uh, for every Sabbath that they failed to keep, they stayed a year in Babylon. All right, and uh, for as long as she lay desolate, see, she kept Sabbath to fulfill three score and ten years. Now that's, uh, <clears throat> uh, that's the summary, the conclusion, as to why, uh, uh, what God wanted Judah to know, uh, why they were going to Babylon. See, the last king, Zedekiah, when Nebuchadnezzar came up against him, Zedekiah and all of his, uh, trusted men, all of his generals, advisors, they uh, slipped out of Jerusalem by a secret passage. And, uh, uh they were caught at Jericho. And then they were brought, uh, uh, they brought before Nebuchadnezzar and they, uh, killed Zedekiah's boys right before him. And then they took a, uh, hot iron and and burnt, uh, put out the eyes of Zedekiah. And then carried him on to Babel. Now, that was the last king, and that's how the kingdom of Judah fell. And, uh, and from that day until this, the Jews, the children of Israel, who were chosen for a specific message, purpose, and mission, which was dominion, according to Deuteronomy 32, was to have dominion over the earth. That when God divided uh, uh, the uh, the nation when he set the boundaries for the different nations of the world, he did so according to the twelve tribes of Israel. Everything, the whole world, this earth, was laid out. Its, its inhabitants, wherever people live, it was done so according to God's purpose, and the Jews were to be in the center of it, and they were to uh, have the lead and dominion, that was the purpose of, uh, uh, in selecting, uh, Jews as a nation. Uh, we find out how the oracles of God, the, the, the law was given, you see. And how that the Redeemer was to come through them, see. But it was, uh, through Israel, but to bless the entire world, don't you see? That was the whole thing. Well, we'll mention that, uh, a little later. Alright, now then tonight we come to Chapter two, Daniel, uh, we, chapter one is simply, a uh, an introduction to the, to the entire book. There are twelve chapters in Daniel, and if you divide the, uh, divide it in half, you'll have six historical chapters and six prophetical chapters, and yet, uh, in the main, uh chapter 2 is a, a, a is certainly a prophecy it's a foundational prophecy of uh of the bible from the times of the captive jewish captivity uh daniel is the primer of prophecy it's if, if you don't know daniel uh, you'll never uh, be able to understand uh zechariah zephaniah ezekiel see ezekiel was a prisoner, uh, a captive in Babylon. He was a buddy of Daniel in uh, in Babylon. Though Daniel was a man, was a statesman. He was a leader. He was a man in position of power all time. Whereas uh, Ezekiel was a priest among the the uh, uh, the Jews in Babylon. And of course, that's when the synagogue came into being down in Babylon. They they had no temple. And they couldn't worship, yet the religious Jews kept, uh, the, uh, the ones that believed in God. They kept their, uh, meetings. They kept their study of the law and the Bible. They, what they had. Why, that's, uh, that's how they, the tradition and the custom, uh, in the New Testament times about the synagogue. Why they had it. And, and it's, uh, importance. But uh, <clears throat> chapter 1 uh first verse 1 tells us that Jehoiakim was king of Judah. Tells us that Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. It tells us that Nebuchadnezzar came against uh, Jehoiakim and that verse 1 tells us that Jehoiakim had already reigned for three years when this took place. Alright? Uh, verse 2 says the Lord gave Jehoiakim into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar. That shows you how that God is in control of the affairs of this earth, the kingdoms of this world. God gave uh, the the rulership to uh, Nebuchadnezzar. Well, then uh, in the next uh, verses uh, 3 and 4, uh, the children of uh Daniel and the three his three buddies uh, that describes their countenance, their character, their conversation, and their capabilities, all given in the next uh, few verses. then you have uh, then comes the request, the conversation between Daniel and uh, the uh, uh, the eunuch. Who was in charge of, uh, the wise men. See, Daniel and these three boys gave, uh, they were already, uh, knowledgeable about science. And they already showed, uh, evidence, gave evidence of their wisdom, being wise. So they must have been somewhere between 18, and 20 years of age at least, see, when, when they were, when they were brought, uh, to Babylon. So if they stayed there and they did you see seventy years seventy plus say twenty that'd be ninety so uh Daniel uh, when we get to the end of Daniel here Daniel would be ninety years old when Daniel was put in the fire uh, fiery furnace he was uh he was an old man he wasn't a boy we'll see we, we'll notice that as we go along. but then you see Daniel's purpose, his portion, his proof, his purity, and the uh, uh, the prince, uh, the man that he had to deal with. Then in uh, verse seventeen uh, is one of the most important verses in in the book of Daniel, uh, verse, uh, chapter one, 1-17. These four children, uh, God gave them knowledge; He gave them skill. He gave them understanding, and to Daniel he gave a double portion of understanding dreams and visions. Then, uh, verse 18 through 21, uh, tells us the, uh, after these boys had uh, finished their seminary course, they had a three-year course in studying Chaldea in the language. They had a three-year preparation to be uh, servants in the government uh, in the Babylonian government, Nebuchadnezzar wanted him as uh, to rule over the Jewish element to keep peace uh, uh, among the captives. You see, uh, so Nebuchadnezzar came and he looked at him, and then he saw that Daniel was uh, uh, stood out, head and shoulders above the other three, even, and he gave him a place of power. All right, um, so now. Chapter 2, now in the meantime, while all of this was uh, making history, Nebuchadnezzar went up to Carchemish uh, and defeated the Egyptians, and and that was in the fourth year of Jehoiakim's reign. See, he went against the first part of chapter 1, took place in the third year of Jehoiakim's reign. So after he got back, why well, then here, this, uh, Pharaoh Necho, he went on up, he was headed for Carchem, you see. So Nebuchadnezzar goes after him. He defeats the Egyptians, and from that day till this, Egypt has been a second-rate, uh, second uh fourth-rate power as far as that's concerned. And, and God said there'd never be a world power, uh, anymore. Now, uh, chapter 2 begins with Nebuchadnezzar returning from that battle. It says, and in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams. See, this is his second year. Now notice, it says the second year of Nebuchadnezzar, and yet he's been, uh, 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 he was king. It called uh, chapter 1, 1 says that he was king when he went up to Jerusalem. But he was only acting as king. He was only uh, doing the service of a king. In other words, his father had appointed him. His father was old and, in fact, died while uh, Nebuchadnezzar had gone up to, to Judea, according to profane history. And then he returns home, brings these captives back, and then uh, is, was made king and then went to Carchemish, see. And now he returns, and that's his second year, see, of, uh, 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 uh Nebuchadnezzar. So that, uh, that's how the term, the, the time element is involved. Alright, uh, now notice, Nebuchadnezzar, when, uh, 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 he tried to sleep, and he couldn't go to sleep. Well, he, he went to sleep. But uh, while he was going, to, uh, while he, before he went to sleep, Nebuchadnezzar got to thinking about this king. Now look, I've, I've just finished off the Egyptians. Now who might finish me off? How is my kingdom going to come out? How long will I rule? Who is my next enemy? Oh, he could strut now. See, he had defeated the Assyrians and uh, the Egyptians. Nobody was giving him any trouble. There wasn't anybody anywhere that could uh, cause him any trouble. But he got to thinking, well, there might be, you know. I'll show you that he was thinking about this as we when we get uh, through. The Bible doesn't say anything about that right here now, but now you'll have an allusion to it and an inference, reference to it uh, a little later. Uh, and his uh, his spirit was troubled, and his sleep broke from him. He just couldn't sleep. You know, there was a few years after this, you'll find where, uh, God controlled uh, man's sleep again, you know. You remember about, uh, uh, with Esther? You know, the king? Why, he couldn't sleep, you know? And well, there, well, Haman, you see, was trying to put, uh, uh do away with all the Jews. Yeah, see, Mordecai was the Jew, but now, old Haman was Mordecai's deadly enemy, see, but the king, Asherus, king Asherus, which was Xerxes, uh, he, uh, was friendly to the Jews. Uh, see, Esther was his, his favorite, uh, woman. And, uh, so, uh, but, uh, uh, Haman had got that, uh, tricked the king, you see. And uh, and had given him permission to put to death all of the Jews throughout the land. But then, uh, for some reason, you see, he couldn't sleep. The Lord was working on him, and He got him, made him get up and read in the law, and he read in the book, you know, where that uh, uh, Mordecai had befriended him, saved his life. You see, and uh, as a result of that dream. Why, that saved the physical uh, lives of the Jews, the natural Jew, uh, for that period. Now then, this dream, Nebuchadnezzar uh, couldn't sleep, and then the king commanded to call the magicians and the astrologers and the sorcerers and the Chaldeans for to show the king his dreams. So they came and stood before the king. Now boy, they were that was an honor uh, to be called by the king. And these old boys, you know good and well, they was ready for, they was ready for him to, to give them a raise, you know, to set them, give them power, put them in the kingdom. Because now we gonna, he gonna tell us a dream. We'll, we'll, we'll tell him something anyway. We'll fool him. He don't know nothing about dreams. We're the only ones who know anything about dreams. Well, they get before him and boy, they stand in his presence and they say, the king said unto them, I have dreamed a dream and my spirit was troubled to know the dream. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king in Syria. Now here's where the book of Daniel begins uh, being written in Aramaic. From verse 4 through the 7th chapter is written in Aramaic originally. Chapter 1, chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 is written in Hebrew. Why? Because he's fixing to speak now to the uh, the Chaldeans. Their native. This is what pertains to the Chaldeans. This is their language. Uh, they weren't Jews. They're not familiar with the Jewish language. Here's a conversation now that was carried on between Nebuchadnezzar and the uh, wise men, the scholars, the scribes, uh, the Chaldeans. And that is a term at this point to show wise men, men who were familiar with dreams and interpreting it. And uh, setting the horoscopes and the future and, uh, and everything. Alright? So he said in Aramaic, in Aramaic uh, or Syriac, see a Syrian language, the word Aram, Aramaic comes from a descendant, uh, of Shem, who, uh, whose name was Aram. See? Aramaic, it's spelled, all it is, all you do is add the ending to it, you see. And this is the language that he spoke. Uh, that uh, dates back to his uh family lineage. But now he says, uh, they says, uh, the king answered uh, and, and said unto the Chaldeans, the thing is gone from me. See? Uh, they asked uh, in verse 4, tell thy servants the dream and we will show the interpretation. Oh, they were just eager for it, see? Tell us the dream. We'll show you the interpretation. Boy, they could make an interpretation. You tell me that's just like any fortune teller. You in art, You've got? They got to have some information from you first. See? They, they, they're handicapped till you tell them something. Till you, uh, till you give them the leads, and then they'll, then they'll read, start reading your mind. You see? Or, uh, or, or, or doctoring you up, and they'll watch your expression. If it don't go right, well, then they'll get on another track. See? Oh, they, they, they were, that's the reason why they're called wise men, see. Uh, now, in verse, uh, uh, so, the king says, uh, to the Caliph, the thing is gone from me. If ye will not make known unto me the dream, with the interpretation thereof, ye shall be cut in pieces, and your houses shall be made a dunghill. Now, Morden, there never can't be one who with the money. He ain't fool nobody. He said, now listen, I called you in here because I have forgotten the dream. You tell me the dream. Now God had just as much to do with Nebuchadnezzar forgetting this dream as he did give it to him in the first place. You you, you can put that down in, in, in the beginning of this thing. Because the book of Daniel, the whole purpose is to show you that the God of heaven is sovereign over the events of this world, the affairs, the government of this world. And that's what this book is about. It's about the governments that's going to be up on this earth. Why are they? Who's in charge? What, what's the future governments? That's what Daniel was, that's what Nebuchadnezzar was wondering when he went to sleep. And that's what he dreamed about. But now we'll, uh, it'll unfold as we read along he says, uh, but if you show the dream, now, Nebuchadnezzar was, uh, he was willing to uh, to dig deep in his pocketbook, see, he was willing to give them a raise, anything they wanted. And uh, he says, but if you show the dream and the interpretation thereof, ye, res- ye shall receive of me gifts and rewards and great honor. Gift, Rewards and honor. Isn't that what the politician looking for? That's what the average man is successful if he, if, if he's got uh, wealth and if he's got honor. See? And rewards recognized by the king.
1: Alright? Therefore,
0: show me the dream and the interpretation thereof. Now he didn't say, I, if you will, show me, that's a command. And that comes from the king who had more authority, more power than any other king ever lived on this earth. As far as a human government. Look at the Medes and the Persians who followed Nebuchadnezzar. Why? uh, They lost their authority. Well, they could, uh, if they signed something, if they gave their word about something, that word was law. The king was subject to his own law. Nebuchadnezzar wasn't subject to no law. He didn't answer to any man. See? Not to any set of men. Or to any set of writings. He himself was law. And what he did, he tells us a little later and he shows us, uh, uh that, that, uh, that, that old boy that Jesus talked to, he didn't know anything about telling a, a servant to go and command it to come here and one comes and go and he go it, see? And Nebuchadnezzar says, now show me the interpretation. Uh, <clears throat> verse 8, the king answered and said, I know of certainty that you would gain the time because you see the thing is gone from me. Uh, you know, Ephesians 5.16 says something about redeeming the time, don't it? For the days are evil and so forth. All right, now here, here's the same expression. Uh Nebuchadnezzar looked at these astrologers, these wise men, these soothsayers, and he says, you're stalling. See? He says, you're wanting to buy up the time for your own end, see? He's using it for themselves. And uh, what they wanted, what they were doing, they were using their... Uh, wisdom, and they knew that, well, now if we can postpone this thing. See, he's kinda like a lawyer. When they got a case and it's too hot to handle right then, they, they want it postponed. They want the atmosphere to change. They want, maybe his, uh, maybe his disposition will change. Maybe, maybe he'll relent and not be so fierce. Cause he done told us up here, he said, now if we don't make known that, he gonna cut us to pieces. They weren't ready to be made in hamburgers, see. Not any, any of McDonald's worm uh, mixture there. Boy, that would have been a mixture of money. See? All right? But uh, so, uh, Nebuchadnezzar saw that they were stalling. And he says, But if ye will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you, for ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. See? till you think I'll change, till you think you'll uh, get off, you know. Therefore, tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation thereof. Evidently, Nebuchadnezzar felt that if Ed could tell the dream, he'd remember it, couldn't he, see? Either that or he's fainting. fainting. I believe he, he actually forgot the dream. Because if he hadn't forgotten the dream, Daniel never could have been brought before it, see. So Daniel don't know anything about it, what's going on now. See, this is this Chaldean, this is a soothsayer. And, and yet, uh, so, uh, uh,
1: all
0: right, um, verse 10, the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's mind. Now they told the truth. There is not a man upon the earth that can 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 give you that. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that asks such things at any magician, or astrologer, or in. You see, there's a mild rebuke by these wise men to the king. He said. Since it's impossible that no man, there's not a person on earth that can can tell you what you forgot. See, you had a dream and tell uh, tell that, and uh, so they said, why a uh, wise no wise man, no ruler, no king ever made such a uh, uh, demand upon anyone. And it is a rare thing that the king requires, and there is none other that can show it before the king except, now notice what these heathen what these heathen soothsayers they might not have been such heathens after all except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh now he says there's there's somebody but they're not on the earth and they're not dwelling in the flesh But you know John 1.14 says that this God that wasn't in the flesh then became flesh and dwelt among us. See? And the the Samaritan woman said when he comes, he'll show us all things. He'll tell us all things. Now that that Samaritan woman knew that. These astrologers knew that there was a a God that didn't dwell in the flesh. And this Samaritan woman says well he'll tell us all things. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.